Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, July 23rd, 2019, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-hosts, Lavendar and Anastasia. Well, Mercury will go direct the evening of July 31st, and I'm sure you're all glad to hear that. I know I am. Our very special guest this evening, author Athena Demetrios, has a most inspirational story for you. Her new book, Walking Between Worlds, A Spiritual Odyssey, is a courageous and unvarnished revelation of a deeply painful yet uplifting journey from darkness to light, a healing that would not have been possible without the extraordinary multidimensional spiritual experiences she opened herself to embrace. For over 30 years, she repressed traumatic memories of her childhood, raised in abject poverty in a dysfunctional alcoholic environment, and terrorized by a border bent on repeatedly raping a six-year-old child. Athena succumbed to a downward spiral of melancholy and despair, and struggling with recurring thoughts of suicide, she desperately sought answers. And they began to unfold. In her darkest hour, the teachings of St. Germain awakened Athena to the higher laws of the universe. And with that door flung open, she began to spontaneously experience previous lives, premonitions, visions, and communication with those beyond, each experience contributing to her healing and spiritual growth. And check out her website. It is www.iamwithin.com. Dot com. What a great name for a website. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to Starseeds that you won't hear in the mainstream. And we would like to thank Jada and Fiona for hosting the switchboard tonight for those who may have a question or comment for our guest. We have an online Starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other Starseeds thanks to Tammy's helpful dedication. You can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk. And if you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here, and you'll get our weekly show notices so you know what's coming up, but you'll need to enable those notices. Our main website is starseedhotline.com. The Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one phone session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, or myself. If you have a birthday coming up, don't miss out on your 10 hours of power. You can find out when that happens by requesting your solar return timing. And please remember, if you want the Stage 2 interpretation of that chart, you'll need to order it about four months ahead of your birthday to make sure you get it before your 10 hours because we do have a waiting list. So first up this evening is Anastasia with her ever-fascinating Starseed News. <laughs> Where's my audience tonight? I don't hear any clapping. That's all right. I well, I thought, I thought you might be getting tired of that. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> oh, you are so good. Ever fast on that button. Bless your heart. Yeah, I want all the praise and adoration anymore. <laughs> Not really. <laughs> 
Good evening, everybody. It's great to be with you. We have an announcement tonight. Um, this is about 5G opposition, and I want you to know. Uh, please go to https colon forward slash forward slash, etc., and so on. The name of the website is the5gsummit.com. The number five, don't spell out five, it is the five, letter five, number, excuse me, number five, gsummit.com. And this is about the 5G Crisis Awareness and Accountability Summit. It's online. It's free from August 26th through September 1st of this year. You will need to register. So go to the5gsummit.com. Very important. You know, interestingly, and as an aside, I need to hurry along with the news, but I want to say this quickly, that I had the opportunity to discuss someone in the know who has told me that in Israel they are airing uh, uh, documentaries that are directly... Uh, contramanding the claims uh, that 5G is hard on our health. This documentary is telling the Israeli people that it's perfectly safe, that they should accept it, it's great, so on and so forth. So there is a backlash from the powers that be who realize that there is a groundswell movement across the planet against this, and they're trying to counteract that. I think that it's really important if you have any ability to do this, that you join this and become involved. It's really important for our future. This is something that we can do for ourselves. So, and for your children. Summit.com. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for saying that. This is about the future of humanity. The 5G Crisis Awareness and Accountability Summit, August 26th through September 1st. 5GSummit.com. All right. Well, now, uh, talking about electromagnetic fields and such, this is a really important story. An ancient tree with the record of Earth's magnetic field reversal in its rings has been discovered. And this is fascinating. An ancient, ancient tree that contains a record of a reversal of Earth's magnetic field has been discovered in New Zealand. The tree, known by its Maori name, Kauri, was found on New Zealand's North Island during excavation work for the expansion of a geothermal power plant. Now, the tree, which had been buried in 26 feet of soil, measures 8 feet in diameter and is 65 feet long. Carbon dating revealed it lived over, excuse me, that it lived for 1,500 years, or maybe 1,700 years, between 41,000 and 42,000 years ago. There is nothing like this anywhere in the world. Now, the lifespan of the cowrie tree covers a point in Earth's history when the magnetic field almost reversed. At this time, the magnetic field, uh, the magnetic north and south, went on an excursion but did not quite complete a full reversal. Now, when the magnetic field does reverse, or it attempts to, it gets weaker, leading to more radiation from the sun getting through. Now, previously, scientists have linked extinction events to magnetic field reversals. And this huge, lonely tree grew for some 1,700 years across a remarkable period in our planet's history when the Earth's magnetic field flipped. And they say that happened 42,000 years ago in a period known as the Last Champ Excursion. Now, recently, in recent months, scientists have discovered that the magnetic North Pole is moving far faster than expected. It is speeding away from the Canadian Arctic and towards Siberia. 
the change in location is so significant that experts had to issue an unscheduled update to the world magnetic model, which is used extensively in navigation systems around the world. Now, what caused this unexpected change, they say, is not clear, although some scientists are suggesting it could be related to geomagnetic jerks, a phenomenon that was discovered in the 1970s where the magnetic field accelerates abruptly at random intervals. But on top of this, a number of other experts have said that this magnetic field is due to reverse, meaning the magnetic north and south poles will swap places. Intervals between the reversals are irregularly, but they generally happen a few times every million years. And at present, it is believed that the Earth is long overdue. Now, in alignment with this story, guess what scientists are now doing just because they can? Scientists in Japan have created a magnetic field artificially that is 50 million times stronger than the one surrounding Earth. Oh, my. This is a new world record for a magnetic field generated indoors. And because of the level of control this provides, they tell us it has major implications for material sciences and the development of nuclear fusion. Now, this team is from the University of Tokyo. They generated a magnetic field reaching 1,200 Tesla, 1,200 Tesla. Let's put that into perspective. The magnets in the Large Hadron Collider at CERN measure 8 Tesla, while the Earth's magnetic field is between 0.25 to 0.65 Gauss. One Tesla is the same as 10,000 Gauss. Now, we, that is phenomenal. That's staggering, absolutely staggering and alarming. Why are they doing it? Well, they say it's because that they could use it in material sciences, but they've also said, in essence, they're doing it just because they can't. They're fooling around. Yikes. Well, let's get to the weather. We have a lot of active weather all across the planet, as we do every week. Uh, severe floods and lightning have claimed the lives of more than 650 people across India, Nepal, Bangladesh, and Pakistan. Uh, because the annual monsoon season, uh, season has started. Um, it's affecting the region. More than 10 million people in the South Asian countries have been affected by this deluge, which has forced tens of thousands of people to run. In India, heavy rains since the start of July have killed at least 467 people. And uh, many districts uh, in those areas, which are isolated to start with, have been cut off because of flooding. In East Java, Mount Bromo has erupted. This is a 2,329-meter-high volcano. It lasted seven minutes local time. So far, the, and this happened on Saturday, the height of the ash column at that time had not been uh, determined. And in Japan, they are having heavy rain. Authorities issued an evacuation order to tens of thousands of residents in western Japan on Sunday. Torrential rain was lashing the region. Forecasters warned of mudslides, flooding, and swollen rivers as the typhoon Danis dropped record-breaking rain on some parts of western Japan. And in Italy, Etna volcano has erupted yet again. This is Europe's biggest active volcano, Mount Etna, erupted early on Saturday with fiery explosions and lava flows. 
Now we go from heat and fire and lava to cold. In Russia, a Russian city, and in fact a number of Russian cities, have broken cold records. On July 14th, the city of, let's see, Vitegra, uh, the temperature dropped to zero centigrade, which happens to be 32 Fahrenheit, the, the freezing temperature. And this is summer in Russia. This is the northern hemisphere. It's summer. Now, the previous record, more than 100 years old, was broken back in 1912 when the temperature dropped to only 35 Fahrenheit. So now it's a degree colder 100 years later. They're freezing up there in the throes of summer. Russia does experience summer, you know, but (laughs) not right now it's not. In Minnesota, they had uh, baseball-sized hail. Soaring temperatures gave way to severe storms Friday night in the upper Midwest. It was packing powerful winds and hail as big as baseballs that left numerous cars damaged along a Minnesota interstate. And in Alaska, let's go back to the heat. Back and forth we go. In Alaska and in the Arctic, they're breaking heat records. Uh, Nunavut, which is located 550 miles from the North Pole, broke temperature records over this weekend as a heat wave continued to grip portions of the uppermost northern latitudes. The mercury topped out at 70 degrees Fahrenheit. This surpasses the previous record high set way back in 1956. This development comes on the heels of the Anchorage heat wave, as we talked about before, when the city, when the city recorded 90 degrees Fahrenheit on July 4th. 70 degrees, only a little bit over 500 miles from the North Pole. Hmm. Another volcano in Peru, the Ubinus volcano, erupted Saturday. It spewed smoke and ash into the air. Local government evacuated surrounding areas. That's two active volcanoes recently erupting. There are others across the planet that are erupting. Well, uh, did you know, I didn't know this. I'm often very willing to confess my ignorance. I did not know uh, (laughs) that the, the Richter scale is out of date. I wonder if any of you out there really knew that. I bet you did. You guys are smart. I didn't have any idea. Isn't that something? Well, they have replaced it with what they call the the moment magnitude earthquake measurement scale. Uh, It's spelled moment. I don't know if they pronounce it moment or moment, but I'll say moment. The moment magnitude scales uh, measures the size of the earthquakes today. It's replaced the Richter scale, which developed by uh, Caltech's Charles Richter in 1935 to rate tremors. So now when I give you the uh, magnitudes of earthquakes, it's no longer the Richter scale. I thought I'd pass that along. It seems to be relevant. We need to know what we're talking about. So I don't know how that compares to the Richter scale too much, but as I read the definition of this, it seems to, um, they feel that it's more accurate. And anyway... So from that to an earthquake in Athens, uh, they received a strong 5.3 earthquake that shook them. It was late last week. The residents of the Greek capital ran into the streets. Now, it received a preliminary magnitude of 5.1, but later it was updated to a 5.3, and it did cause isolated power outages. Israel has had... uh, wildfires, a lot of them. It is really hot in Israel, probably uh, 40 centigrade maybe, really hot, in the hundreds anyway, plus 
and this extreme heat caused fires to rage across Israel late, uh, mid last week. Police had to evacuate residents throughout the country from hundreds of homes, 15 of which caught fire. All right, let's talk about some technology. Uh, did you know that Google says that they are the only ones allowed to spy on people? Really, I'm not <laughs> kidding. Okay, this is from an article in May, but I had to pass it along because it's relevant to the following article that I'm going to share with you. But back in May, tech giant Google announced that it would bar Huawei, that's a Chinese company, from updates to its Android operating system as the Chinese smartphone maker is accused of doing exactly what Google already does, which is harvesting people's information. Now, Google CEO said, yeah, we harvest a lot more information from our users, but we are not Chinese. We track what you browse online, your interest, the device you use, your location throughout the entire day, your porn preferences, and we can even listen to your phone calls and read your personal messages. But we're not them. We're us. And we're one of the very few multinational companies allowed to spy on people while paying little to no tax. Excuse me. <clears throat> I have allergies. <laughs> little to no tax in our foreign havens abroad. Now, uh. since Google announced this, the move to ban Huawei has been welcomed by many people around the world. But, you know, they went on to say, he went on to say, we're Google, for God's sakes, meaning we have the right to spy and no one else does. A corner on the market, if you will. So this is right out of the uh, mouth of Google C CEO. According to this article, I, I wasn't there, but... According to this, he admits that we track everything, so be advised, out of the mouth of the CEO. Now, on to another story about Google. Procter & Gamble is launching smart diapers with help from Google. Oh, smart diapers, mind you. Smart. Oh, Procter & Gamble has worked with the subsidiary of Google to develop a baby monitoring system that alerts parents via a smartphone app if a Pampers diaper needs changing. The app will also enable parents to keep an eye on baby via a camera installed in a nursery. Surveil your baby, folks. A lot of people already do this, but they're not wired to online services, which these are, okay? This is going to be uploaded, every particle of it, to a company and a server that you have no control over. This high-definition, wide-angle monitor wants to get every piece of the room, includes night vision and two-way audio. It also tracks room temperature and humidity and other things, by the way. It was a very long article. I shortened it. Now, PG&E, or uh, Procter & Gamble, excuse me, Procter & Gamble, P&G, claims this to be the world's first all-in-one connected care system. Pricing is to be determined, but Procter & Gamble has started a waiting list for this one of those things that nobody ever asked for. Wow. Well, Elon Musk is in the news again. He really takes a good share of the news. He claims that a brain microchip has allowed a monkey to control a computer. This comes from a prominent uh, periodical, the Business Insider. And Elon Musk took his colleagues by surprise. He announced it suddenly. It was unplanned. He was making a presentation, and um, 
I guess this was at his neurotechnological company called Neuralink last Tuesday. This happened after last week's news. I didn't know about it. <clears throat> excuse me. Musk confounded, uh, uh, co-founded, <laughs> excuse me, uh, he co-founded this company called Neuralink in 2016. Now, this company has a goal to create a chip that it could enable a brain-computer interface. We've talked about this before. And according to Musk, the company has already had some success with monkeys. Now, all he said in this meeting was, and I'm quoting, a monkey has been able to control a computer with its brain, just FYI, end quote. Now, Musk didn't elaborate as to exactly how the said monkey had controlled the computer. But in this speech, he also took the opportunity to once again share the company's ambition to design a chip capable of being implanted in the human brain that could receive and transmit signals to the organ. Ultimately, his ambition is to achieve symbiosis with artificial intelligence. Now, as for animal testing, Musk and his band of cohorts appear to be aware of the sensitive nature of animal testing because they preempted expected objections by saying, quote, we wish that we didn't have to work with animals. We just wish that wasn't a step in the process, but it is, end quote. Well, alas, animals won't be the only potential victims. Musk also said the company hoped to start human testing before the end of next year. Well, last week we talked about the GPS system in Europe being offline, a mystery about that. Well, now they've announced that Europe's Galileo Satellite Navigation System, which is equivalent to the American GPS network, is back in service after a six-day outage. The European Global Navigation Satellite Systems Agency said that the problem was due to an equipment malfunction in the ground control centers that make time and orbit predictions for the satellites. So that's their answer to the mystery. It was an equipment malfunction. But they're back online now, so I suppose Europeans have GPS that's getting them where they need to go. All right, well, let's have a quote to get you through the week. You know, when you really think about this, it's very inspirational. You ready? Here it is. Yeah. Do something that your future self will thank you for. So let's make that our motto this week. Let's do something that our future selves will thank us for. So often in our society, you know, we don't know how to be in the moment, but we certainly know how to focus uh, with laser-like intensity the immediacy of our own needs, which is different than being in the moment. Very few of us have a vision of the future. We have any sense of what our actions today will bring us tomorrow. And if we learn to think like this, that really every day that we live, we're building ourselves as we go. We're creating reality as we go. But it isn't something that just poofs into existence without our participation in this moment. So let us be conscious of how the life that we live today affects the burgeoning potentiality of what comes to us tomorrow. Do something that your future self will thank you for. I intend to do that in the next seven days and make that a good practice throughout my life. I invite everyone else to do the same. So from my heart to each one of you, much love. Have a beautiful week, everybody, and thank you, Ariel. It's going to be a great show tonight. It sure is, and thanks so much for the Starseed News. You do a great job. Talk to you next week. 
Okay. All righty then. Uh, let me get this uh, switchboard handled. And I am going to open up Lavendar's mic and our guest, Athena Demetrios. Okay, you are on. Hello, Athena. Welcome to the show. Well, thank you so much. I really enjoyed listening to the news there. It's, uh, by God, when does that woman sleep? She's, she's amazing <laughs> with all of her information. You know, it's, it's uh, incredible. So I really enjoyed yeah. listening to her. Yeah. Yeah, she amazing. does a really good job. Boy, does she! Yeah, yeah. Not to think yeah, about. and that stuff you just don't you just don't hear that. You know, mainstream news doesn't cover that, and it's it's what our audience needs to know. Sure. So, Lavendar, right. are you uh, are you there, ready to go? I'm here, ready to go. Okay. We'll take it away. All right. Well, hi there. Well, hey, Athena. You have probably my my most favorite name. In the whole universe, you have it. <laughs> I love it. Oh, it's something that I really resonate to, and every time I hear the name, I just perk up all over the place. So when I heard that you were coming on the show, I could not wait to, to talk to you. So welcome, my dear friend. Well, thank you so much. You probably had that one a couple times before, I would think, in some other lifetimes. That's why it feels maybe familiar to you. Well, I, I have done a lot of work with something called Athena and the 96 Goddesses. It's something that we do at our Starseed Quest every every uh, March on Athena's birthday. We have a, a group gathering here in Arkansas. So I've been doing that for, I guess, about seven years now. So I wanted to ask you um, about this book that you've written, Walking Between Worlds, and uh, give us a little background about um, how this book came to be and it took you, what, 20 years to write? And, and what was your biggest oh. challenge in writing this book? Thank you. Uh, actually, it was longer than that. I was told by my mystical muse, it's, uh, uh, Dr. Peebles. He's one that I channel. And when I first became very aware of uh, Dr. Peebles, the first thing he told me was that I needed to write my life story. And that was in the early 80s. The biggest challenge for me, because so many of my experiences were out of the norm with so many more yet to unfold, but the biggest challenge was getting over the the fear of what would people think. And to write, I think, and to really write effectively really required and demanded a level of honesty and vulnerability. It's like pulling back the veil and letting everybody look at you with a magnifying glass and seeing every flaw. But I knew in my heart, because I had also had a very lucid dream of being on the spirit side and surrounded by all of these guides, and they were talking to me about the challenges of the book. And then what what really, really was kind of the turning point for me was I remember that uh, fear was really getting the upper hand, and I had tucked the manuscript away, and it was just kind of uh, gathering some dust. And I was approached by a woman in the Westside Pavilion, which is a mall in uh, Southern California, complete stranger, uh, 
very elegantly dressed. I would say she was in her 60s, and she came up to me, and she shook a finger in my face. And she said, your life may very well become a film and a TV movie of the week, and you need to be writing. You could be helping millions of women. And when she said that to me, I just felt like this lightning bolt go through my body. And I, you know, I thought it, it was never about the, the film or the TV movie of the week. It's never been about anything about that. But it's like, if I could inspire women with that, how would I feel if I died looking back and I knew that I backed out out of fear so that was the defining moment and after that you know things uh, I just blew the dust off and it just flowed and uh, and then the other part of it was that I had several experiences that I still had to uh, grow through so needless to say I'm yeah it feels like such an enormous accomplishment for me, I'm I'm really proud of the fact that I was able to get it done. Good. Well, a therapist said your life was not a journey; it was an odyssey. So it sounds like it. Can you give us a couple of uh, description of two experiences that described that for that were magical in your life? Can you share those with us? Oh. Yes, I I can. And I'm going to go with what uh, instantly comes to mind here was that. I know that I've been studying with the St. Germain Ascended Master teachings for 40 years. And St. Germain often said that if you bless the powers of nature, the powers of nature will bless you back. So I started taking walks at night, and I would reach, reach my hand out, and I would just touch the bark of a tree or a shrub, anything within distance, and I would say kind of silently, God bless you. And I did that for a period of maybe, I don't know, it must have been uh, three weeks or so. And then one night, again, I was uh, walking and and uh, I touched the bark of a tree and I said, God bless you. And then this electrical current shot up my arm. And I know the frequency well. I know that the vibration and frequency is changing. So I spun around and I said, whoa, what was that? And I turned around and this tree was just shooting off its aura. And it was incredible. It was this beautiful center of of pale uh, pink and this uh, green, and it was just luminous and shimmering, and it was so beautiful. And so that was when that doorway started to open up. And then again, I don't know, maybe it was a week later, you know, I was doing the same thing on this nightly walk, and saying, God bless you, and I saw a tree elemental step out of the trunk of a tree in front of me. And I got excited and fascinated, not frightened by any means. And I thought, oh, my God, I see him, because I see spirit very clearly. And he had on the same characteristics, or he had the same characteristics as the trunk of the tree. And I thought, oh, my God, I'm going to walk through this beloved little being and I remembered uh, something that Dr. Peebles had so often said he said on the spirit side they look forward to engaging what's foreign we here on the physical fear it we fear people cultures things that are different but I was fascinated by him so I thought I'm going to walk right through him 
And when I did, I felt like I went over one of those enormous speed bumps that you would go over as a kid in a car. It was in the solar plexus. It was like a million butterflies got set off in my solar plexus. And then a little further down the road here with with the same story, then there was also a, a park that I would sit in at night, and I would always focus a big pillar of light in the park. And and I would get this, uh, no, uh, again, it's this frequency, and it's this electrical current that just goes through my body. It passes from head to toe. And when that happens, I always know the frequency is changing, and I'm going to be seeing a finer vibration. And so I opened up my eyes again, and the same thing happened. Another little tree elemental stepped out, and uh, he looked at me, and, and kind of in old English, it was interesting, he said, ye see me. And there were other elementals around him, but they weren't the least bit interested in communicating with me. But he obviously was, and so I nicknamed him Curious George. But when I would be communicating with him, then I would be able to see the continuum of frequency and light. It was like every shrub and the same type of shrub had a particular uh, frequency and vibration and light to it. And the blades of grass, everything was con- was uh, connected by this beautiful continuum of consciousness and light. So that was one. And then I had one recently probably um, maybe it's two years ago, but I was over at a neighbor's and I happened to glance down and there was this little bird nestled in the foliage and its little head was straight up. That little beak was vertical looking at me. And I bent down and I started talking to this little bird and I was just saying, you know, you're such a beautiful little presence of light and I love you and you're a little messenger and just had this conversation. Reluctantly, I came home screen door closed behind me. I lived, um, it was in duplex, so it was uh, uh, very close uh, to hers. And about 10, 15 minutes later, I sat down in the chair where I meditate, and I looked down at my foot, and he had followed me in the house, and he was at my left foot. And uh, I cannot even begin to tell you the, the, uh, the feeling that um, I experienced in my heart. It was an expansion. It was like I could feel that chakra just open. And so I, you know, put my little finger out, my index finger like a perch, and bent down very slow and raised him up eye level. He never once tried to get away, and we just had this communication again. And eventually I took him outside and put him in a little bird bath. And there were two witnesses that were observing all of this. One was my sister and the other was a neighbor, and they were standing in the back, <clears throat> in the background, not wanting to disturb it, and he took a little bath, and you know, just uh, it was like a little rock skipping across the still pond and splashing himself with water. And then he flew off, and I have never seen him since. But about a week later, a friend had sent me a present, and she said, "I don't know why, but I thought of you, and I think you're supposed to have this." And it was a picture of the same kind of bird on a perch. Oh, so wow. That kind of, so that kind of magical synchronicity happens a lot, but I also invoke it. So I, Well, I'm synchronization so is confirmation, that for sure. Yeah, it is. I mean, it was, it was just such a wonderful 
experience. And then I had another one, and I have not shared this with with anyone here, um, just a few close friends. But I had stretched out to take a nap. And I'm a very, very light sleeper. And uh, you know how you'll put your arm out flat and lay your head on your arm. And I was on my side, and I opened up my eyes, and there was this most magical little being staring right at me. I mean, the little head was right at the height of the mattress. And I'm not sure exactly what realm she was from. She was all violet, and uh, uh, this face was absolutely adorable, and the first thing out of my mouth was, who are you? And her eyes were as big as mine, and then she vanished, but I drew a picture of her right away, and uh, that was that was another one of the experiences, so yeah, wow. <laughs> it's magical. So let me ask you, that just makes me want to ask you, have have you been to England or Ireland to some of the fairy places over there? No, I haven't. But I definitely, definitely believe that she was from that realm. You know, I know she had to have been from that elemental uh, little uh, kingdom, the little diva kingdom of some sort. But what was fascinating about her if you can kind of imagine it, you've seen those cartoons of like a sun where it has the flames that almost um, look like they're maybe seven or eight surrounding the sun. They're almost cartoon looking. Do you know what I'm talking about? They're, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's what her hair was like. But it, she was completely violet, uh, translucent, beautiful incredible little eyes, but the uh, part of her, those those flames looked like they just grew out of the top. It wasn't like you could see the edge of her head. It looked like they grew right out of the, the top of her head. And if you looked at a, a crystal and the uh, amethyst, and sometimes, you know, it'll be darker, at the base, that's exactly what it looked like, and she was just beautiful. I haven't seen her since. You know, as you were was, as, as you were describing her, I, I uh-huh. had my eyes shut, and the minute you started talking about her, I thought, "Oh, look how big her eyes are! Were they really big eyes? <laughs> they were completely round. I mean, they were like saucers." But she yeah. was so adorable, and her mouth was because she didn't expect me to open up my eyes. I, I just felt like she was there studying me. And when I opened up my eyes and, and saw her, she was, I, I don't know who was more surprised, but I had such a, a an incredible visual that I immediately drew her. She's pretty adorable. So I, I call her Violet. And uh, in my meditations, you know, in, in the morning, I'll send love to her and that she's protected from all human qualities, first and foremost, any of mine. You know, <laughs> that she's completely protected from that. Can, yeah, can, I, can I ask you about your mother? Can I ask you about sure. your mother? Sure. Um, I have a feeling that genetically she really passed on some things to you. 
and and was part of a a genetic team to bring you to the planet so that you could do this work. That's the feeling I have as I'm talking to you is is your mother was really a a strong frequency. It's like it's almost like her her blood coating had to be a certain way for in order for you to come. Well, you know, no one's ever said that before, but I would say I would believe that there was a great truth to that my mother you know bless her heart she was not a bad person she truly was not I mean she was the first one to open up our home to kids that you know were unhappy or you know at their house and uh, even when living conditions were so hard and, and really deplorable she always found a sense of humor in them but she especially when I was little she had succumbed to a lot of uh, I, I think she just simply could not cope with the loss of the wealth and seven kids to raise and and, and the poverty. You know, it just spiraled us into and into such poverty. So I do believe that. Now, I have a magical story about my mom that happened just a couple of years ago. I I never at the time made was able to resolve the um of the anger or the hurt or anything at the time of her transition i was able to cross that bridge um from to forgiveness and and i wish she was alive now because you could have such a great conversation with her she was into ufo's she was always um believed that uh, uh, god was such a part of nature and I could have wonderful conversations with her now, but does she love the occult or anything unusual? But when I was young, I didn't have time for that. And she always had a stack of fate magazines. It's a little periodical, and she always had a stack of those by her bed. And after, see this, after she had died, and this was a couple of years ago, someone sent me a present and uh, it was my last Christmas present I was about to open and and I heard this jackhammering on a tree outside of my window kitchen window and it was a little woodpecker and I instantly thought of this poem that my mother wrote and I had never witnessed a woodpecker up close like that and this little poem was a woodpecker sat on a telephone pole pecking with all of his might he pecked at the bottom pecked at the top until he got tired and decided to stop. So I knew that was my mom. And when I opened up this present, it was filled with fate magazines, the periodical. And <laughs> I called I, I, I called my friend, and I just burst into tears, and I said, oh, my God, you have no idea what this means to me. And uh, she said, well, it gets even better. And she was up in the Redwoods, and she said that morning about the same time, she heard a woodpecker out on a tree, and she called her husband in, and they were looking at the woodpecker. And uh, she said, did you see the bottom of the box? And I said, no. And she said, I did not put that there. And I turned the box over, and in a corner, is written in ink, it says, Mom. Isn't that wow. <laughs> and I, yeah, I've, got, I've got pictures of that. I've you know, got, got the box, and they're, they're uh, all in there. And then I would say something else that just happened recently that was a highlight was that my father that I haven't seen since
since uh, 1979. But, um, I saw him on the spirit side, but uh, he appeared in my room, in the bedroom, and he was as physical as you. And I experienced being very physically. It's more like Patrick Swayze and Ghost. They're not um, a wispy apparition. But if he walked into this room right now, uh, you wouldn't be able to tell that he was a spirit. His hands were warm. I felt the weight of his hands, and he, he hugged me. And uh, it was just amazing, his clothes and everything. I, I, his skin, it just had that beautiful glow like somebody that just gets out of the shower. Has that wow. glowed. So yeah, that was that was pretty magical. So those are a few. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So let me ask you: uh, since spirits appear to you when they need help in crossing over, can you explain that further? Sure. Well, I think this also ties into my last life where I was a medium, and there were. And that was in, that's also where I knew Dr. Peebles. And that was uh, in the 19th uh, century. And my name was Mary Longley. And we have all kinds of documentation about that lifetime. And with that, I think I carried into this lifetime some of those gifts, although it took you know, it took a while for them to develop. Now, I saw my father the night we had buried him. He appeared in uh, uh, the doorway uh, in my room the night we had buried him, <clears throat> and that had quite a profound effect on me because I didn't believe in God or anything, but I thought there has to be some form of life after death. After that, I started, uh, and then I'm going to jump down into the, 80s and uh, uh, the 90s, and you know, uh, and of course now. But I would I would get these electrical currents, and then I would see spirit either standing next to somebody with you know, please give them a message, or I would see them in these kind of off the wall places. Like one time when I was uh, back east. I was uh, with a, you know, a few people in the car, and I got the current turned my head, and we were, we were um, going by a graveyard. And I saw this woman just pacing and pacing and pacing around her headstone, so I knew she needed help. And anyway, we were old, uh, able to help her cross over. Actually, Dr. Peebles did that. The one that I channeled, um, I went into that uh, um, altered state, and my friend uh, told Dr. Peebles that we had uh, seen her, and he called to her, and then he helped her cross over. And he, and this is very interesting, he said that, because um, we'd asked why was she there, and he said that she was a very rigid woman in life. And upon her passing, she saw the effect that her rigidity had on her children. And so she wanted to go back and live her life backwards as an opportunity to make it up. So she was stuck. It was her own self-condemnation. But anyway, she was, you know, she connected up uh, with family 
over there. She did appear to me maybe three weeks after that. Um, her husband had appeared to me in my home when I had returned. I was in the kitchen doing dishes. I got the current, and I thought, whoa, spirit's here, and I turned around, and there was a man in turn-of-the-century clothing with a black hat and, and a black suit and very gentle-looking presence, and he had a tear running halfway down his left cheek. And I said, who are you? And he said, my name is Stanley. He said, I'm Lorraine's husband. And he basically thanked me. And uh, so, uh, you know, that that was one. And then another time, you know, we were filming, um, at, because I was a makeup artist for 30 years, and we were filming at the Doheny Mansion in uh, Los Angeles, and I had never filmed there before, which was very, very unusual. And I remember uh, the rumor had had it that there had been a murder there. And so during lunch, I wandered out to the foyer, and I was sitting on this big, massive, beautiful descending staircase and thinking how beautiful it was. And it was so strange that none of the crew were around because usually they're hauling, you know, the lamps and the cables and shouting orders and getting ready for the next um, setup. And But no one was around, and I got this electrical current, and I turned my head to the left, and there was this man staring at me down at the end of the hallway, and he said, please help me. So I went down there. I knew he needed help crossing over. So I went around the um, doorway, you know, right past him, and it felt a little chilly as I, I uh, crossed in front of him. And when I was in the library there, I knew instantly why he liked it, because it was one of those places that you would want to put your feet up and grab a book and have a fire going. So I knew that's where he felt comfortable in life. And so I did what I know how to do. And uh, he just was enveloped in light and love. And the angelic realm came for him. But I always ask that they get taken to the highest realm possible for the evolution of their soul. And so they came and took him. And, uh, and then another time. So that was one. But what was fascinating about that was a friend of mine who did a lot of research wrote a book on Dr. Peebles, I explained what he looked like to her, and uh, and she, uh, uh, a couple, I don't know, a couple hours later, she said, check your email, and oh my God, she found a picture of him, because I had told her, I said, the guy, you know, he, he had dark hair, it was uh, long in the top, looked like it was in his uh, 30s, his hair was black, he had a little mustache, no beard, and when she sent that picture it was identical to what I saw but what really was so fascinating to me is in that picture he was peering around the door frame like he was when I saw him so I thought that was pretty fascinating so, so did she did she know this person was had he died oh it was Ned Doheny he was murdered yes no uh, no it was Ned Doheny's uh, ghost there oh I see and okay yeah, I'm sorry, I wasn't very clear on that, but no, Ned Doheny had been murdered there, um, and I'm not sure exactly when his murder took place. I like to be able to quote actual facts, but I'm thinking it was probably in the 20s or 30s, and uh, that's just my guess here. But uh, anyway, uh, someone had told me, because it used to be where we were filming, the Doheny Mansion also was the American 
Film Institute, but I guess some people had seen him there as well. Wow. So, yeah. So, so let then, me ask but, you about uh, Dr. Peoples. What does Dr. Peoples have to say about the earthquakes and the land changes of California? Well, yeah, I live in California. I'm right where all those fires took place. I'm in uh, uh, Chico, close to Paradise. Well, you know, he says the earth is going to dance. And he also said that Mother Nature is uh, spanking, giving mankind a spanking. And, uh, you know, she's doing a pretty good job at it. But we have simply just lacked such reverence for this planet and the way that, uh, you know, we're, we're treating it. And that this is also the birth of a golden age. I'm going to go to what St. Germain talks about here. And that uh, we are going to, or we are in the throes of uh, giving birth, the planet is right now. She's a conscious being. And that uh, people are waking up. And, you know, it's not something to be looked at with doom and gloom. There are going to be earth changes. I think we all know that. You know, we've heard about the ring of fire with the volcanoes waking up. We've certainly had them before, but it's also an opportunity for people to go to the higher rung of the ladder. And I think that's something that we're all having to make a choice on now, you know. And I I think we have so separated ourselves from the divine principles, and we're seeing the result of it, you know, where it's uh, corporate greed and and uh, money becomes the god. And uh, when things get uh, thrown out of balance like that, you know, then I think Mother Nature seeks to find uh, her, her balance again, her equilibrium, and, uh, you know, shakes off this... Let, let me say this. I know I'm kind of all over the board here, so I apologize with this, but I think this is important, that everything that we throw off and our anger, our our thoughts, our feelings, they don't just stay with us. Those are ener- their, their energy, and they leave us. And that also goes out into the atmosphere, and it creates pressure. And that's also Mother Nature's way of kind of uh, uh, rebounding again. You know, storms and cataclysmic effects. Yeah, some of that is really caused by what we are constantly uh, throwing off. You know, the anger, the rage, the uh, 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 criticism, just you name it. I think kind of like every ugly human emotion. And so that's just, you know, that's part of the, you know, part of the cleansing. But we'll, you know, we'll come through it for sure. You know, we will come through it. But just have to make a decision on what uh, rung of that ladder, you know, that we want to go to. Yes. I totally agree with everything you're saying. You're just right on point. So I'm really excited about you um, making your life story into a book or a miniseries. Uh, Have you considered um, having someone write a a screenplay? Have you gone that far with it yet? Well, you know, yes, I started, uh, you know, I started that, and I would probably, that's probably the next thing, because I have it on Audible, 
you know, it's a state of the art on Audible. And uh, the book uh, now, you know, it was just uh, released again, let's see, in uh, uh, April. And it's just, you know, the, the desire in my heart has been really for God to use it in the most powerful way possible to, to help people, to bless them, to inspire them not to give up, that healing's a journey, that their light can outshine any shadow in their world. And I truly believe that. And uh, that, you know, the earth is a school, and our lessons are our school books. And if something continues to come to you over and over again and becomes a stumbling block, then look at it closely. And, you know, if you write in it, how has this experience served my soul? How has it helped me grow? Then you begin to own it, and you don't feel as if you are hanging on the coattails of someone else making the changes for you, which is always the position of of the victim. And not that I don't understand victimhood, because I do. I really do. I also know the feeling of freedom that comes from having crossed that bridge. And, you know, there's, there's some wonderful tools that Dr. Peebles gives people, and I certainly use those. But that will help, you know, someone uh, transform that. And if someone is feeling uh, that they want to go back and explore uh, you know, any kind of a trauma or, you know, hurt, anything like that. And if it keeps tugging at your consciousness, if you think about it and you're shoving it down all, all the time, it takes more energy to shove that down than, you know, if it uh, comes up and you feel like, oh, God, if I give over to it, I'm not going to be able to control the emotions. They're going to be bigger than I am. You will. But, you know, find a, um, a really qualified therapist to help you that you feel aligned with. It's going to help you navigate that storm because once you can begin to express the hurt, and anger is always just a lot of hurt that never got expressed at the time it was happening. But, you know, once you have somebody that can help and assist you in that healing and if your intention is to heal and if your intention is to feel whole and if your intention is to feel more empowered it's going to expand your light that's the end result and life changes life transforms it doesn't uh, it, it doesn't feel like such a um, a burden and you know, I, I know Dr. Peebles always says, you know, people fall into bed at night exhausted for two reasons. One is their um, desire to feel like they have to prove themselves to life. And the other one um, is the demands that they feel are made upon them. And so those are things to, you know, there are things to look at. And I think there's a lot of truth, you know, with those statements. Absolutely. I wanted to ask you, um, with all the work that you've done with St. Germain, um, Uh have you been ever guided to go to the Tetons in Wyoming during the Teton meetings on July 1 through 8 and January 1 through 7? No, I have not, but I just was listening to that again, and I was thinking about the Tetons. Now, I live very close to Mount Shasta, 
and so I go up to Mount Shasta quite frequently. So that's I'm uh, an hour and forty five minutes from Mount Shasta. Yeah, and that's that's where the uh, that's where Godfrey Ray King first appeared. Our Saint Germain first appeared to Godfrey Ray King was on Mount Shasta in nineteen thirty. Okay. And yeah, it, it was amazing. He had gone up there on on business and uh, took a hike up on the mountain. And he said in a strange sort of way, just asked God to guide his path. And he felt an electrical current pass through his body. And he turned around, and and uh, there was a man standing behind him. And Godfrey Ray King, or his name was real name was Ray Ballard, uh, had a cup in hand. He was just getting ready to get a drink from a spring and. St. Germain said to him, uh, Brother, if you hand me your cup, I will give you something to drink, that which comes from the universal supply, which is much more vivifying than spring water. He said, as a matter of fact, it's life itself, for life exists all around you, omnipresent. And he hands him this cup, and it fills up with what he calls liquid white light. And he instructed him to drink it, and when he drank it, he could feel his consciousness expand. And uh, he said that, that which you drank came directly from the universal supply. All I have to do is desire gold, but because I desire gold with love, and all of the elements obey love, for it's the highest law, he opened up his hand and a gold piece was in his hand. He said, this is known as the law of precipitation. Wow. And so he taught, yeah, he taught him the cosmic laws of the universe, the cosmic laws. And one of the things that you know, that he had said was that these laws operate whether we're ignorant of them or not. And prior to St. Germain appearing to uh, Godfrey Ray King on Mount Shasta, students that were chosen by a master, the master always chooses a student. The student never chooses the master. And but when um, they would choose to work with a student of light, then they would take them into retreats, and the word retreat means mighty focus of light. And after a three-year probationary period, they were given this information. This was the same information that Christ was given in India by a master when the Bible was unaware of his whereabouts. And... Anyway, so he, you know, he begins to, uh, you know, instruct him. And this I find fascinating. He took it upon himself karmically for the whole planet to awaken them again. Now, he was also known as the Wonder Man of Europe. And they had tried, I know he in El Moria, which I'm sure you're aware of that name, uh, they had tried to bring this information forward at different points. Um, in, in history, but because the record of bloodshed was so heavy in Europe, they were not able to find somebody that was going to be with, um, strong enough to withstand that negativity. So he said he uh, searched for over 600 years to find somebody, and that was Godfrey Ray King. And when I picked up that book, the first book, which is called The Original Original Unveiled Mysteries. It's Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3. All under the IM series. There's 20 books, but 1, 2, and 3 
He says, gives you all the information that you need to make your ascension in this lifetime or early in the next. And uh, it's, it's basically all about the I am presence of God within. And he says, what happens is when you use those two words, I or I am, he says, you're throttling the greatest force in the universe within you. So it's whatever follows those two words. So if you're saying you're sick, you're broke, then you're a self-conscious creator. You're creating through free will. It makes sense, doesn't it? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, and, and I just cried like a baby because I felt like I had the tools to go home. So I've been a student of this now for 40 years. And, uh, you know, that's part of my joy is to, we wouldn't even be having this conversation, I can tell you, if, you know, you weren't under his wing of light and love and He's just awakening uh, humanity so rapidly right now. You know, he's, oh, I agree to that wholeheartedly. I can't yeah. wait to see your film. This is going to be a film. Your your story <laughs> is going to end up on the screen. I just feel it very strongly. And I know that our Starseed community would certainly be supporting and empowering that. So well, I hope. your heart. I hope that a lot of people that are listening now will order your book. At this time, though, I'd like to pass you over to my co-host, Arielle, and she has the switchboard. And if there's anyone that wants to, to call in and maybe ask you a couple of questions or comments, would you be willing to talk to them? Oh, of course. My pleasure. Okay. Thank well, you. I have. I, I have really enjoyed talking with you, Athena, and I would really like to have your phone number so that I can call you later and, and, and talk to you about some things that I can't say on the air. So, Of course, uh, I'll make sure that you have that. Okay, okay? because you've said a few things that I know that, that you and I have something to discuss, but it can't be on the air, okay? Of <laughs> yeah. course, and I'll, okay. I'll make sure. Okay, okay and thank good. you so much. And thank Take you, care. honey, for, for all that, you're, okay, that you've done in the pleasure. past and for what you're about to do in the future. I, bravo, girl. <laughs> well, Just bravo. <laughs> well, thank you. I, I appreciate that. Life is good. I wake up and, you know, my mantra is, here I am, life to be lived. And I'm so grateful to be alive. I, yeah, it just good. feels really wonderful. Thank okay, you. So, back, so back to you, Ariel. Okay. Well, I have so enjoyed. Hi there. I have so enjoyed um, what you've had to say, and um, now I just want to say to the audience: um, if you have a question or comment for Athena, uh, if you're already on the switchboard, you just need to press one so that we know you want to ask a question. And if you're listening on the computer, then just pick up the phone and dial nine one seven eight eight nine eight two nine two. And then once you're in, press one. So um, I want to I want to talk more about your your book. Sure. So um, you said I mean it, it took you a long time to write this. Um, yes. And what what would you say is like is the 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 turning point? Because I mean you came out of such a difficult childhood. Um, and and then you went when you got out of school. Then you just you just went to work. Well, I I, I did the yes the childhood you know was was hard because it was uh, no memory and repeated rapes you know and that all happened um, 
between six and I think it was about six and seven over a period of a, a year. And yes, I had uh, a child uh, when I was a junior in high school, quit school because uh, I had a, a child to raise. I kept her and uh, then suffice it to say in 1979, I had what I call my pivotal moment. It was getting hit on top of the head with a cosmic hammer because I had become very removed and a workaholic and just really guarded. Just couldn't let anyone really in to touch my heart. And uh, I had three crises bring me to my knees. This was in 1979. And the pivotal moment for me, and I always say this, my defining moment in life, was when I really understood that what I had been creating or putting out to life had no choice but to come back to me in a like experience. So I understood karma without ever having studied it in one split second. And I had two visions that happened uh, at that time and one was a very uh, uh, it was like a, a pool of just mud and I knew that was everything that I had been creating and the hurt that I had caused other people and sidestepping the impact of that and just you know my attitude towards life and uh, when that came back and those experiences hit me in full force, and again, it was kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, and I had that epiphany. I just said out loud, oh, my God, I understand. And when I had that epiphany, there was a golden ray that came into my front room and dusted everything with gold. It would just be like you took the finest gold dust, and this big ray came in, and just everything was dusted with gold. And... Uh, it was some some time later that I found out, and I remember I had read that the color of love from a master is gold. And so I'm sure that was the ray of love from St. Germain. I'm sure that's what, wow. what that was now in, in, in retrospect. And I wasn't aware of him then. I had no idea. I thought I was... Uh, uh, basically dying. It was such a, a painful time. My daughter didn't want to be with me anymore. And all of a sudden now here, uh, you know, as it was oh, that uh, uh, epiphany and that moment, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm feeling all this in my heart, and, you know, it's kind of like too late. And uh, which, incidentally, we have a, a wonderful relationship now. Thank you, God. But it, that was the pivotal moment, and uh, and then I remember uh, sobbing myself to sleep. I had taken her to the airport, and she had wanted to move away, and I just sobbed myself to sleep, and I found myself climbing into another dimension, and it was more real than me talking to you, and I had uh, uh, fought suicide. I had no memory of the rapes except one clear um memory after a certain point but I hadn't explored that that wouldn't happen for some years down the road but I was very suicidal and I just uh, felt like I had my fingernails just 
dug into this half an inch from this plateau, and I just kept saying, I can't make it, I can't do it, I can't do it. And I just wanted to let go and free fall. But I was able to pull myself up, and I turned my head, and uh, I saw my father at that point, who had been dead for 17 years. And this place that I went to was so, oh, my God, it was so uh, beautiful and luminous, and you could see the energy moving and the um, just everything that it was green and gorgeous and there there were trees and you could just see the energy and the life the luminosity and the transparency and my father came up to me and he uh, there was just such compassion in his eyes when he looked at me and he just held me and there was all of this white light that just flooded from his heart right through my body and my heart and I remember feeling the understanding on such a deep, deep level how much my father always loved me. So that was healed in that, in that one moment. And then years later, under hypnosis, when I was working with a uh, um, psychotherapist, a PhD, well, I, he actually used me as a case for his PhD, but... Um, when I was working with uh, Dr. Slavin and, and he put me under, I went back to that experience with my dad and I remembered under hypnosis, my dad was saying, it's not your time to come over here. He said, you're, you're about to come into your power as a spirit. And he said, continue to pray. It's going to be given to you. Continue to pray. And it was the St. Germain books. And I knew the moment I opened those up that I had the tools to go home because I believe in our heart that we really do feel that we're connected to something much greater. And I don't think a person or any other, a person, place, condition, or thing can't feel that. I think that's that's the knowingness that we are part of God. And, uh, you know, God, God is all that is, whatever someone wants to call it and the one thing that made so much sense to me was that in the book uh, the unveiled mysteries the second one is the magic presence volume three is the i am discourses by saint germain but he's instructing from the very first but when i read this one paragraph he said all life all life manifests in in that form is God in action, and that it really was only mankind's that lack of understanding that that pure essence of energy was constantly interrupted. For if it were allowed to flow on its way, undisturbed, we would experience peace and love and harmony and abundance, for that was the natural state of life. But given free will to qualify this energy, it comes to us pure and perfect but we're constantly qualifying it. It's just almost like taking on a pair of dirty overalls. You know, once you get out of the shower, let's say, you know, that's that energy is coming through you pure and perfect. But once it, you know, once it uh, comes to us here, then we qualify it. And it takes on that quality. It's not that it's being done to us. We're creating it. Makes sense, though, doesn't it? Oh, Absolutely. It's 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 a, a creating <laughs> creating by default because yes, whether it, you exactly. did it, whether you do it on purpose or by accident, 
we're all creating yeah. our our reality yeah. every day, every minute. Yeah, and he says even every second. He said unless people know where their individualized God presence is, you know, then there's no, you know, there there's no hope for that. Their consciousness is always going to swing. You're going to swing to the negative. What makes you think you can get that job? You know, you'll you'll, you'll swing to human suggestion, which is always faulty. And he said, you know, the the uh, thing is to anchor, to learn how to anchor to your presence, and then invoke your presence to take hold and take control. It doesn't happen overnight, you know, by any means. Um, but, oh, my God, I mean, it's just, I, I can't even tell you the, the change and the transformation in my life. And those books, those books are written in violet ink. And he said that on the higher realms of life that those books are bound in jewels. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's the same info that uh, Christ was taught by a master. That's why he was saying, you know, of myself. I can do nothing. He's talking about his human personality. It's the Father within, the I am, who doeth the work. So, you know, right, and and everybody has that. Everybody has yeah, that. If if they would, yeah, only you know, stop and and pay attention, and and realize that, because the yeah. I mean, magic, magic is all around, but if you're walking around with with like you know. Uh, Coke bottle glasses on because you someone gave them to you. You think you have to wear them, and you you miss all that. Yes, that, you miss well, all that. that's so true. That's so true. And I remember one time where he was saying, you know, you you have to learn how to shut out human suggestion. And it's it's like walking in the world, you know, walking in the world and not being part of it, but certainly sending the light you know out into the world because that uplifts everything you know, and we do that by and I always say this to people, I always ask people, you know what quality so I would ask this to anyone who's listening, I love to do this, and to you too what what quality um Ariel, do you love about yourself, not like but love? What quality do you love about yourself? Well, that's a <laughs> that's a tough question, um, and, okay, and not that I'm, I'm not <laughs> not that there's so much to choose from, but um, what yeah, quality I guess, do you love about yourself? Well, grace. I think Beautiful that's been, quality. Been a, that's been a divining, I mean, a, 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 a deciding um, lesson that I learned um, actually after after going to France, and uh, and we went on the um, Mary Magdalene uh, a tour with with um, Kathleen McGowan, and uh-huh. and that's when I had the aha that you must wow. have grace in all things, and when people are are you know acting negatively or um, saying hurtful things or uh-huh. you know, disappointing us, 
you have to love them anyway and show them the grace that you'd want someone to show you um, if if yeah. you happen to stumble. So, yeah, yes. um, and I, I guess, I guess that's, that's the most important thing for, for me to remember is to, okay, to demonstrate. Well, so grace is, a, grace is a beautiful quality. So I would ask each one of your listeners, what quality or qualities do you love about yourself? And, you know, think about that. And I, about myself, I love my courage. I like, uh, uh, you know, the fact that, you know, I, I have courage and, and uh, I love artistic ability, love that, or, or compassion. But what I wanted to say is every kind and wonderful thing, every quality that you have, grace, that generosity, uh, honesty, uh, compassion, whatever those qualities are that even that your your listening audience and I hope that uh, you've participated in that that's God within you that's not your human qualities human qualities are you know the the anger or the rage or the uh, criticism and and the judgment that comes from the human self every good, kind, and wonderful thing that you do say, think, or feel is the God presence, the I am that I am within you, expressing and pouring forth that perfection through you. So I think if you look at it in that light, and grace is, a, is such a, a beautiful, beautiful divine quality. It really is. But I always love to ask people that because I think it's a good thing to think about. Well, yeah, it is, and you know, I mean, <laughs> there's there's kind of a, a it's like, well, don't want to sound like I'm blowing my own horn, and and people, you no. know, might, might want to tell, might not want to tell you, um, you know, what they love about themselves because it could be uh, misinterpreted as, well, you know, you think you're all that, but what you're asking is, you know, deep within, we know. And we don't have to tell people in order for it to be true. No, we don't. But my point being is that's the God presence within you. And love is the highest law. It's, It's just the God presence because it's so hard for people sometimes to acknowledge those good qualities. And it's not done with a sense of being egotistical. Uh, it really has nothing to do with that, but it's a quality. I, I really love asking people that because, you know, sometimes, you know, they're so shy in saying it, but that's what I want them to understand is, you know, that love, that's the presence of God in you. That's, you know, those beautiful qualities in you. That's the presence of God. That's the divine spark. You know, that's what that is. And so I, I, I really love to share that with, with people. You know, I do. And, you know, it's uh, and it's always, you know, I think one of the hardest things is when to learn to love ourselves, be gentle on ourselves. That's, that's been an easy journey for me. But starting to get there, for sure. Yeah, I think you've yeah. come a long way. You have come <laughs> a long way. And, and now you're in a position 
to inspire other people because there aren't too many people that had it worse than you did. Um, you know, to be to be raised in in that kind of environment, and 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 then, I mean, not being able to remember a lot of your childhood because it was so bad. That's that is just. I mean, well, unimaginable. The, the, unimaginable. Well, the 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 uh, the part of the rape, yes, but there were parts of my childhood for sure. I mean, my siblings and I, uh, we get along great, and as kids, you know, we we would uh, uh, take care of ourselves basically most of the time. But you know, we were like a pack of. <laughs> My brother once described us to a therapist as a pack of wild dingoes. <laughs> we have a, you know, we we have a lot of fun when we're together, and uh, you know, my mother again, well, you know, she was a, a, she truly was a good person. She just couldn't cope. So there was that one period, uh, for sure, that played havoc. But when I went back and did the work. Then and you know to go back and regain and become empowered by that, then that was that was wonderful. It, it really was. I'm so grateful I did that. But there, you know, there's oh good lord, there's there's people that you know everybody feels pain for sure. And uh, you know I just truly feel that you know someone's light can outshine any shadow in their world and. You know, part of the the uh, work is if you feel inspired to explore and to heal, then just to be gentle on yourself. Know it's a process, and find a very qualified therapist with whatever it is that uh, you feel like is blocking you. And it doesn't come as a download because it usually comes through experience. You know, and that I always used to say, where in God's name do all the tears come from? <laughs> I still wonder about that. One of life's mysteries. And, uh, you know, but if it hurts going down, it hurts coming up, but it doesn't last forever, this too shall pass. But it's like you're really releasing a lot. And life does look different, you know, it just does. So, anyway, I'm very grateful, you know, even for uh, all those experiences, I truly am. Never thought I'd be able to say that, but, you know, I am. So. Well, they... They got you where you are now, because certainly if you had had the uh, um, idyllic um, childhood, then there wouldn't be a book and there wouldn't be um, inspiration for other people. And what, I mean, if you could say, give one piece of, of advice to someone who is maybe still dealing with a lot of darkness and feeling like they're trapped and um you know and their their closet is packed full of things they don't want to see what would you tell oh. those people wow well i would just first of all i i would say just know that you know there's someone out here and so many people that have been through this journey too that is shining the light and i'm swinging the lantern in the night for you and I would just say again, uh, if you don't feel 
a sense of connection with spirit or God or Buddha or whatever it is and you're longing for that or wanting that, then ask for uh, spirit to, uh, or, you know, ask for uh, God or your spirit guides to help you. And I, I really believe with all my heart that's how it begins, you know, that, that awakening process. And to go back, know that your your light is stronger than any shadow, and you're going to free yourself. It doesn't happen overnight. You just work with it in a process. You know, you you'll if you find a good therapist, yeah, you'll you'll if you're doing your work, you'll you know, you probably cry and get angry and uh, rage and move into a lot of blame and and then uh, uh, some grief and some loss. But just know that every part of healing has its own space and its own place and its own time. So allow that to happen. And, you know, if you have a good cry about something, then, you know, go take a nice hot shower and eat some chocolate, crawl in bed and veg out <laughs> and watch movies. You know, <laughs> that's yeah. that my go-to. And, and, you know, you'll you'll feel you know, kind of exhausted, and uh, but guess what? Two days later, you're going to feel lighter. You're exactly. going to feel lighter. You're going to have a, uh, you're going to have a greater sense of equilibrium and and balance, and uh, you're you're releasing that, and that always always expands your light. Your light expands, and you don't have to continue to go through those experiences over and over again. So you can begin to uh, choose or, or make some different uh, choices. It, you know, for me, I just couldn't stand the anxiety of living that way. You know, uh, anymore, it was too painful. And those, you know, those books just absolutely transformed. And I know that uh, something else that would probably help if you uh, meditate, if you don't know how to meditate, if you can just sit uh, and get yourself just a little bit centered and then just start breathing in and you can just say I you know I am the peaceful balancing breath of God and just say that and watch what happens with your breathing and whether it's yoga whether it's uh, walking by an ocean whether it's taking a hike that can be a form of meditation, and follow your heart. Because if something is exciting you, it's exciting you for a reason. So follow your heart, and your pathway doesn't have to be what someone else's is. Because your experiences in life brought you to this specific point. So whatever you're feeling attracted to or you want to explore then, you know, let yourself do that. Your your feelings will talk to you. You'll you'll know whether you feel a sense of excitement about something or you feel anxiety and dread. So, you know, that that'll help. And I love Abraham Hicks too. Love love Abraham. Listen to that. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. been practicing that for twenty years. Yeah, it helps, doesn't <clears throat> it? There's so many yeah. things. You know, so <clears throat> yeah, many I things. mean there are a lot of Fortunately, I mean, as as um, 
much trouble as the world has at this time, it also has more more light, more awakened beings, more um, conscious beings than ever before. Uh-huh. So, yes. and that's and that's no coincidence. You know, yeah. we're here because of what the Earth is going through, and um, you know the, the 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 galactic councils or the angelic realms or whatever you want to call them. Sure. Um, All of the they above. knew that. They knew that. So yep. we got to send a lot of beings of light to incarnate on this planet to um, to get it to you know move forward as in, in a healthy way as it should. So that's I mean that's why there are a lot of people and we've I mean we've seen this just and we've been um, we've been online for ten years and the radio show uh-huh. nine years. And wow. and we've seen we've seen a lot of change and growth for the better, as more and more oh, yeah. people are showing up, and um, kind of coming out of the closet a little bit because you know star seeds very often um, don't want to talk about that because uh-huh. of you know fear of judgment or or discrimination, oh, yeah. but even that is is starting to to melt away because now. There's so many people that are coming out, and it's like, yeah, I'm Starseed, and uh, you know, I'm here to to anchor the light and hold the space for the planetary uh, changes and Mother Earth herself. And you know, we've just seen, I mean, people from all over the world. Um, yeah. I mean, there's no there's no pocket in the world where um, there's no Starseeds. <laughs> We're everywhere. Yes, and, you know, I, I know many times even doing uh, sessions with, you know, um, Dr. Peebles, and many, many times, you know, the Earth, he calls it the beautiful blue planet Earth, and it's simply a schoolroom, one of many. And most of us come from time and space beyond because it's just one of many. And one of the, I, I don't have it in this book, but... Um, the next, because it was too much to put in here, but um, a lot of UFO uh, contacts. And uh, so that's uh, pretty soon I'm going to start another book and, and just be able to delve into that and share that. But it was too much in this book because it was kind of well, like Mr. Yeah. Toad's Wild Ride here. Let me just, I mean, do you, do you do sessions with people? Oh, I yes. mean, do you talk? You do, and oh, yeah. Um, yeah. so you you do like um, uh, psychic uh, sessions where you help people find answers. Yes. Well, what I do is if they go to my site, which is and there's a couple ways that they can get in touch with me. First of all, I'll also um, give them the name of the book, which they can order that through. You know, basically any any bookstore it can be ordered uh, through any bookstore, and it is uh, called Walking Between Worlds: A Spiritual Odyssey, and the name Athena Demetrius. And it can also be ordered on uh, Amazon. It can be ordered there. It's also in Audible. And on my site, I am I am within dot com. 
they can uh, uh, check out Dr. Peoples. There's a picture of him, and they click on that, and it'll tell them a little bit about him. But when they have a session, then we just set up a time, and they call in, and, you know, I go into that altered state and bring him through, and they get to talk directly to him. And, uh, yeah, it's really, you know, it's wonderful. And then I make a an MP3 for them and send it to them. And it's basically, you know, usually when I get the phone call is, you know, there's a lot going on in someone's life and there's a lot of transition happening. But he is able to, you know, access, uh, as a rule, he'll do an opening statement of what's been transpiring and going on for them. And, uh, you know, he's, and they just engage and uh, talk to him. And he just really offers... Uh, good perspectives and helps them understand some of these blockages and sometimes there's past lives that come up and and uh, you know that really helps one to understand some of the dynamics in in this lifetime but for me that's like going to a movie theater and I get to see it on screen Mm -hmm. I don't uh, necessarily remember the communication because it's like when he comes through he's a very full big presence so when he comes through it's like um, I go in the laundry room in the back of the house and shut the door, and he fills up <laughs> the house. You know, for lack of a better, <laughs> that's about the description. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's how it works. But yes, I work with people that way. You know, all the time, and and uh, um, also, you know, people can contact me if they want more information. People like to know more about the Ascended Master teachings. And uh, if they just put in the Ascended Master teachings, you know, of uh, St. Germain, it's uh, Volume 1, Volume 2, and Volume 3. Those will take anybody home. And that's when he really starts working with uh, people and and, uh, explaining the laws. When this is happening, work with this. You know, you've got to invoke Mm -hmm. this. And it's, you know, it's wonderful. So, you know, and if, for instance, would be like in the morning, it would be like maybe an uh, affirmation that I, I would say is, you know, I am presence and automatically my, the God presence within is, it's it's really giving it over and uh, saying, you know, you, you direct it, okay, and go forth before me today and see that I act in divine order and unfold each and every one I come into contact with with divine light and divine love and bring to each one of them whatever it takes to set them free. So you're blessing them, right? And then, you know, the presence is just flooding the light and adjust situations and, you know, that's the way it works. You just flood it. You flood it to, you know, flood it to uh, 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 people and uh situations and you know round trees and plants and whatever just flooded everything 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 absolutely everything yeah so well it has just been a pleasure to meet you and to speak with you and to hear your story and the wisdom that you are offering and once again the book is called walking between worlds a spiritual odyssey and um, Athena's website is IamWithin.com. 
And if you'd like to schedule a session with her or find other resources, um, it's a beautiful website. So check it out. Oh, thank you. Thank okay. you. And, um, and I also wanted to say in the book real quick, all of my sessions that I worked with with Dr. Slavin, something told me to tape those years ago. And so those are taken from tape. So it's uh, pretty interesting. All right. Thank you so much. Okay. Well, that was that was strange. <laughs> I just I just got uh, put on on hold somehow, but I'm back now. <laughs> so anyway, I just want to thank you again uh, for sharing your time with us this evening, and um, we'll look forward to when that next book comes out. Well, thank you. I I really enjoyed it. I you know I enjoyed every one of you and everything that you each have uh, brought to the table here. It was great. It truly was. Very enjoyable. Wonderful. Wonderful. Okay. So, All right. continue, so have, have and um, thank you so much for being with us. Okay. Thank you. Have okay. a really good evening. Okay. Bye-bye. You too. Bye-bye. So um, we are going to wrap it up now. We want to thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll be back next week. And between now and then, um, I just—I'm sorry, we—I didn't see this question, this um, note about a caller with a question. But uh, Julie, you can just go to uh, Athena's website, and I'm sure she can answer that. I am within. So as I was saying, we'll be back next week. And until then, find compassion and gratitude in every day. Good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com.